What's up, everybody? It's Tyler. This is Danny. And you're hearing us on not our normal day, but it's probably a day you might expect to hear us, considering we're the Fried Squirms. We're here to get stoned and talk to you about horror movies, and it is 420. Or it's 420 and you guys are listening to us. It is currently not 420, but we're going to act like it is. (laughs) Hell yeah. Today, the movie is going to be Class of Nukem High. Before we get there... We should probably take our green hits. Hell yeah. Danny, I know you already sparked up what I brought you, which is, we've talked about it before, just some blueberry silver tip, Montana silver tip crossed with blueberry. Silver tip is super silver haze with... It's a granddaddy purple. That's right. I knew that. I knew that. But the specialty is I plan on us getting atomically high today. Fuck yeah. And... A strain we haven't talked about in a while is I brought some Loctite Moon Rocks. Loctite bred from Mount Rainier and Original Glue. That's awesome. So it is a hybrid bred from hybrids. Actually, I'm not sure what Rainier is, but I know that Original Glue is a hybrid. So Nice. Hell yeah. Well, coincidentally, I brought you some Montana Silver Tip. (laughs) (laughs) Which it says is a Bozeman, Montana bread, and it's uh, significantly potent because the THC levels can get up to like 26%. This one over at Greener Pastures is coming in right at like 27.6%, so pretty high up there in the THC. But long story short, the effects is you'll feel relaxed, euphoric, and it helps with pain relief. And the flavors are fruity, skunky, and piney, so... I know this is good for those who have problems with asthma because it is a bronchodilator, usually with that pinene, terpene mm. profile. Yeah, so for those who do suffer, this is a good strain for you. Hell yeah. Well, uh, I'm going to hit this bong, and then we'll get into the uh, guts and bolts of Class of Newcomb High. Guts and bolts. All right, Class of Newcomb High, guts and bolts. Spoiler-free section. Who and what went into it? Start with our spoiler-free setup. It's New Jersey, and there's a nuclear leak, and it starts affecting the nearby high school. Specifically through weed, but not necessarily. Good point. Mutants and shenanigans abound. (laughs) That's about what you get. So with that being said, we'd like to talk about the people who go into making the film and the actors and actresses in front of the cameras from week to week. And this week... We have a couple of different directors and writers on this project. And starting off, I want to lead with director Richard W. Haynes. He's known for directing such films as Splatter University, Alien Space Avenger, the film Head Games, and the film Run for Cover. And we have the founder of Troma, Lloyd Kaufman, also as a director on this film. Now, we've kind of talked about Troma before, right? In a roundabout way. So... When we reviewed Bride of Reanimator, one of the distributors for the film were 50th Street Films. And that's kind of like a sister company or um, just another name for Troma, you know, depending on whatever they're releasing. So long story short, we have talked about them in a roundabout way, but this is our first official Troma film, if that makes sense. Like with the Troma brand. So with that being said, Lloyd Kaufman, he's a really interesting guy. Check this out. He graduated from Yale University back in 68, where he majored in Chinese studies. His fellow classmates were Oliver Stone and George W. Bush, which is weird. But 
he did get into directing, of course, and some really cool films. Actually, the very first film that I ever saw from Troma was The Toxic Avenger yep. way back in the day. And if you've seen any of the Toxic Avenger films, Lloyd is pretty much responsible for them. He's also done such things as Sergeant Kabuki-man, New York Police Department, 1990, Tromeo and Juliet, the film Terror Firmer. He's also done such things as Tales from the Crapper, Poultry Geist, Night of the Chicken Dead. And more recently, he's done Return to Newcomb High, Volumes 1 and 2. And he's done a lot of producing. He's also an actor. He's also a writer. He's multi-talented. Let's put it that way. So moving forward, we've already mentioned two of the writers, that being Richard Haynes and Lloyd Kaufman. We also have Mark Rudnitsky. This is his only film title. And we have Stuart Strutton. And he's done such films as Stuck on You, The First Turn On, and The Toxic Avenger. All right, the cinematographer on this is Michael Mayers, and this is a pretty interesting gentleman as well. He's on such films as Wolfpack. He did nine episodes of the television series Monsters from 1988 through 1990. He also went on to do some other television work, which is actually pretty interesting. He's done such things as uh, The Adventures of Pete and Pete. He helped with the oh, episode wow. New Year's Pete, which I can't remember if it's the first or second season, but it was a part of the DVD release back in 2005. Okay. He helped on 21 episodes of The West Wing from 2004 through 2006. He's also responsible for 21 episodes of Brothers and Sisters. If you've ever seen the show GCB, he did eight episodes for that. He did 13 episodes of Mixology, so he's done a lot of television products. All right, we have editor Richard Haynes. The music was composed by Ethan Hurt. He helped on such films as Return to Newcomb High, Volumes 1 and 2. We also have Michael Latanzi, which this is his only film credit. Hmm. All right, special effects teams, we have Scott Coulter. He helped with the special makeup effects. George Giordano, he helped with the special effects crew. And Tom Lawton, he helped with the animatronic creature design and the construction of. Now, I will get maybe a little bit more in depth on these guys in the next section because of some of their credits. But we've actually, I don't know if we talked about him specifically, but George Giordano, he was a part of the special effects crew on Death House, which is a film we reviewed oh. on episode 95. Wow, okay. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. All right, this was produced by Michael Hertz, Lloyd Kaufman, and James Treadwell. Production companies were Troma Entertainment. The distributor also was Troma Entertainment for the 1986 theatrical release here in the States. It premiered on May 17, 1986 at the Cannes Film Festival in France. And here, stateside, December 12, 1986, it had an estimated budget of about $400,000. And the tagline that I have is, it rotted their bodies, it corrupted their minds, and that's the good news. All right. Just because I already sort of brought them up a little bit, maybe we should explain trauma. Okay. Yeah. We explained them a little bit before, but like you said, this is our first full-on trauma. Like, that's part of the reason we picked this film. We're like, oh, well, we haven't done a full-on trauma yet. Good point, yeah. I was trying to think of how to explain them earlier this week. Like if I was telling one of these kids at work that we work with. Mm. It's edgy and over the top, but not cruel or dark. I've seen it referred to as like a surrealist automatism, which is like a form of Dadaism and the artistic expression, which is just like letting your mm. subconscious take over as opposed to you overthinking things. So some of it can be a little surreal at times. It's silly. It's lighthearted sleazy. <clears throat> yeah, that's a good point. There is sleaze, but it doesn't it's, take itself serious. Right. It's not dark and predatory. It's like fucking Leisure Suit Larry. Exactly, dude. Just kind of edgy. Yeah. 
for Edge's sake. But yeah. I guess the point I'm getting at is that there's multiple ways of doing edgy for edgy's sake, and this isn't like grimdark. No. You can barely call this movie a horror movie? Yeah, that's a good point too. It almost, well, I want to reserve that. Let me see. Yeah, Let yeah, me save yeah. it for the next section. But yeah, I know what you're saying. Anyway, but that's kind of Troma's thing is it's sleazy, lighthearted, meant to be fun. Yeah, and their universe consists of a lot of like nuclear waste and kind of that sub-war era, you know, like Well, fucking Tromaville. Uh, exactly, man. So uh, if you've ever seen Toxic, toxic Chemical City or Toxic Chemical Capital of the World. Right. Population 15,000. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, in his jersey, right outside of New York City. There you go. All right. Moving into our cast, we have quite a few people, but I can get through this pretty quick. So I'm going to start off with Janelle Brady. She plays the role of Chrissy. A couple of other films of note. She was in the films The All Nighter, and she was also in the film Teen Wolf 2, where I believe she went uncredited. But I think she was a part of a classroom scene, if I'm mm. not mistaken. All right, we have Gil Breton. He plays a role of Warren, who Chrissy and Warren are boyfriend and girlfriend in the film. And he has been a part of the Santa Barbara television series from 1990 through 1991. He was also part of the Lex television series from 96 through 97. And he appeared in Citizen Toxie, the Toxic Avenger Part 4. Nice. All right, we have Robert Pritchard, who plays the role of Spike. Really interesting guy. He was also in the Toxic Avenger. He was an alien space Avenger. He was a part of Return to Nukem High Volume 1, where he was a cop, number one. And more recently, he was in Werewolf Bitches from Outer Space. Now, I'll put a real quick lamp by his name, because there's an actress in this film who he was married to for a little bit. Mm. And it makes sense when you find out who she is. All right, we have James Nugent Vernon, who plays the role of Eddie in the film. And he's been in such things as Thrill to Death, The Toxic Avenger Part 3, The Last Temptation of Toxie. We have Pat Ryan, who plays the role of Mr. Paley. He's kind of like the heavy set guy for the yeah, nuclear yeah. plant. Okay. He was in the- he's, he's the only one I actually remembered being <laughs> in Toxic Avenger. Yeah, because he's in the Toxic Avenger. He's also in Street Trash, which is really neat, mm. and the film Mannequin. Oh, wow. I know. Wow, okay. Uh, yeah. All right, moving forward, we have Brad Dunker. He plays the role of Gonzo. He was also in the film My Blind Brother. We have Gary Schneider, who plays the role of Pete. He's the one who, he has a poem about selling weed in the film, if that makes sense. He's the one who pushes it on Eddie. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so... He was also in the Toxic Avenger. He was in the film Beach Balls, and he was a part of Chroma's Edge television series back in 2000. Edge. Yeah. We have Rick Howard plays the role of Spud. We have Gary Rosenblatt plays the role of Greg. This is really their only film credits. We also have Mary Taylor plays the role of Judy. She was in Of Men and Women. She was in the segment Never Trust a Lady. Was Judy she Hitler? No, she was the blonde who got oh. like... Who was making out with Eddie in the fallout shelter? Oh, toward the okay. beginning, yeah. Who's she, Hitler? I have to look her up because I don't think <laughs> I don't think she really gets credited in the Wikipedia credits. Okay, yeah. I just I had to ask because as soon as you say she, Hitler, you know which character. Oh, is without being a doubt, to. dude. Yeah, it's pretty obvious when you see the film. All right, we have Lauren Heather McMahon. She plays a role of Taru. She was in the films Terror Firmer. And Citizen Toxie, The Toxic Avenger Part 4. Now, that's where the Wikipedia cast kind of ends their credits. Now, if you move on over to the movie database, you can get really a better idea of some of these other people. So, 
Okay, so the other actress I wanted to bring up was Jennifer Baptist. She plays the role of Miss Stein. She's a German teacher. Oh, yeah, okay. Right? So I mentioned that the actor, Gary Schneider, was married to an actress on this. Oh, okay. They were a real-life couple because they met on the set of The Toxic Avenger, which she was also a part of. <laughs> she played the role of Wanda, but she was also in the films Head Games and Goodbye New York. So she's done mm. some other things as well. So if I can find who she Hitler is, Schittler, <laughs> yeah. I'll bring it up in the next section. So, but that pretty much rounds out our cast and crew. And you already gave us a brief setup of what the film entails. She'll give you some warnings. Warnings. Language. Some titties. Yep. So this movie's like 70% late 80s sex comedy, but it never quite gets there. But that's kind of the overall tone. I think that's a good point. Yeah. I think if you're familiar with films like Porky's and stuff like that, yeah, but maybe not quite that crass, you know. But Right. Which is weird to say about trauma. I know. But it doesn't quite go that far. No. No, it really doesn't. In fact, I was expecting a lot more nudity. Yeah. Especially after the first kind of little bit of the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then there's some good gore effects. There are some really good moments of violence. And I already kind of mentioned mutant. So, yeah. Now, given the nature of the film and some of the films we've mentioned, yeah, you're going to have to expect a little bit of that. And that's about it, right? Like, I don't. Uh, There is some female violence. And what I mean by that is, like, there's some female victims who get the shit beat out of them in this film. And there's some non PC stuff. I was about to say, we said language, but like, we maybe we should elaborate. Like, I want to say the word, not because I want to say it like, ooh, I need to say it. But if you know what the C word is, it gets dropped in this film is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Well, as well as nobody gets called dumb. No. <laughs> nope. Or uh, pussy. Right? There's a name for cigarettes in England <laughs> that are used in this film that don't mean that. You know what that I'm talking about? That comes up a few times. <laughs> yeah, more than once. Yeah. I think we're good though, right? I, I think, think so. All the warnings. Yeah. We'll give you a heads up before we get to a certain part though, if not. Let's get into uh, how Class of Newcomb High made us squeal. I'm also going to get a little bit more atomically high. How does that make you squeal? All right. Class of Newcomb High. How did it make us squeal? I wasn't able to remember if I'd seen any of this before. You had brought up when we were talking about doing it last week that you had seen edited versions on USA. And I figured maybe I did too because I definitely saw like edited versions of like Tox Avenger on USA. And I don't think it was released by Troma, but it's still in the same vein with like the first two Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Makes sense. I remember seeing all those. So I thought maybe I'd seen this as well. I watched it and I didn't have any recollection. Oh no. And like this one, you know, I want to say I may have seen it once all the way through way back when, when I say that, I mean like, early 90s Mm -hmm. because i did look up i was curious to see when this first aired on up all night because that's where it probably would have been shown on the usa network back then right Mm -hmm. and i saw that it aired sometime in 91 for the first time on up all night it was a part of a double feature okay i don't know like because that's so long ago it's hard for me to remember but i do remember watching this late at night and i'm almost certain it was on the usa network but it would have been like said a cut down edited version for tv so I never really got to see it unrated until more recently. So, yeah, I have a weird history with trauma. <laughs> I saw Toxic Avenger way too early. As did I. I had one of the Toxic Avenger toys. No, that's from when they tried to make crazy. a cartoon series out of it. That's wild. But I do remember you talking about that. Yeah. So, no, this was kind of neat to finally see this. First off, like, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, 
I don't know what to say necessarily about it quite yet. I'm sure we'll get there, but I recommend just going out and watching it because it's more of an experience than anything. We can't accurately convey no. the both the overacting and underacting that are occurring at the same time on screen sometimes. Yeah, there's there's quite a lot going on at times, but I think that's what makes it fun for the experience. Mm -hmm. I will say, though, if you start watching this movie and you're going through the first five minutes in the nuke plant and it seems way too cheap and amateurish for you, keep going because I don't know why that opening scene looks the way it does, but... I honestly felt like it felt out of place with the rest of the movie. Oh, yeah. I mean... <laughs> like, it was filmed last when all they had left was, like, $100. Probably. It's like, you know, we have to squeeze this down a bit. <laughs> Which is interesting, because there's a lot of stuff they do in this film for a $400,000 budget. Right. They make it stretch. I'll give them that. Like, it's intentionally kind of schlocky, mm -hmm. but I did feel like that opening scene in the nuke plant was <laughs> super, like... I was like, why are we watching fucking Birdemic or something? Yeah, exactly. But I think once you but get then past it only that, gets better. As I said, once you get past that little opening sequence, it does. And it starts off pretty quick. I like the humor that they throw throughout. And what I mean by that, there's a scene where the kid Dewey, he's the nerdy dude mm -hmm. in the classroom, you know, but he takes a sip out of the water from the water fountain. You know, that's after the leak at the plant. And the the sign says, save me, I'm precious, the water. You know, he's drinking fucking sludge at that point. And then he has the moment in the classroom, which is pretty gnarly. You get that non-PC terms, that are, you know, thrown at him. I thought the practical effects were good, man. Yeah, so it's weird because most of the jokes in this movie aren't funny. No. But no. it's funny <laughs> that the characters are, they're kind of just generic they're like no, super they, generic, they super but they're are. intentionally super generic. That's what I'm saying. They, they're not taking it themselves serious because they know they're, and I don't mean the characters themselves are aware. It's just the writers and everybody mm -hmm. involved are aware of like, that's what of these what people they're doing. are. Yeah. yeah. Because the writing is obviously so self-aware, these characters saying these jokes <laughs> still end up being funny sometimes. Yeah, because they are cheesy, but it still makes you kind of like, man, <laughs> kind of giggle. Like, come on, dude. Uh, especially like what's his name that fucking Dewey starts choking out. Oh, uh, during his fucking yeah, I can't remember. I know who you're talking about. I can't remember that kid's name, but I know exactly who you're talking about. He's the kid where like if this would have been remade in like 2008, he would have been played by the kicker for, or not even the kicker, the fucking the mascot from Blue Mountain State. Oh yeah, yeah that's funny. <laughs> but you're right, <laughs> dude. Yeah, no. So Dewey flips out because he drank the sludge. Yeah. He starts to Wait, turn. okay. No, before that. Before that. Okay. Because before that, we just get a pan over of the classroom. And it's oh, they're just super generic, stereotypical, out of control class that I used to didn't think exist. And then I've like seen videos online where I'm like, dude, these fucking classes even exist today. What the hell is going on? Right. They exist pretty much almost in any generation. <laughs> yeah. And you get the introduction, visually at least, of the Cretans. You do. You do. And that is something to behold. Yeah, they're very... So I had oh, to... Man. Oh, man. So, okay, man. here we go. I had to look this up because the Cretans are something... I think we might have even touched on this before. Where, like, maybe not. Maybe it was one of the other podcasts even. But, like, there's movie punks where they are punky punk punk punks. 
at least visually, but their actions are all just destructive, nihilistic. They're usually not listening to the right music. It's usually like hardcore mixed with something else. And so I was like, this happens in so many movies. I know it has to be on TV tropes. I have to find out what the name of this fucking trope is. It's called a Quincy punk. Oh, nice. And when you are looking through the tropes associated with this film, when it gets up to the Quincy punk, it's just like, oh, the Cretans are probably the Quinciest punk Quincy punks to ever Quincy punk. <laughs> That's pretty boss. Because it's 1 million percent true. Gonzo is the most iconic Quincy punk look I have ever seen. That is insane. Yeah, he's got the anarchy symbol right in the middle of his forehead. The thing that distracts you the most is his big fucking nose ring, the big hoop, and his bone. But if you look at the entirety of him, he's, it's funny because he identifies as a yuppie. That was one of the better <laughs> jokes in this movie. It was. That actually had me laugh real hard because it's kind of this movie's equivalent of the aristocrats. I think there are some clever little jabs at society in general, mm -hmm. I should say. Yeah, which is not something that's uncommon on the show that we've talked about before. And minus his weird hair thing, I'm going to say Pete's look is one that I would almost rock. He was cool. His look was almost just like less punk and more like satirizing early 90s grunger. Yeah, you're right. Given that it was 86 too, it was like proto or mm -hmm. right before. Yeah, which is really cool. What about some of the others? What's the main one? Spike. I was going to say he's generic, but once again, he's generic in the sense that he also looks just straight up stereotypical, like everything turned up to 11 punk. Precisely. And he plays the part for the most part. I do feel like the other ones have more memorable looks than him, though. Right. I mean, there's... we've already said she Hitler like four or five right. times. There's... She's rocking the MJ mustache. <laughs> so fucking funny, man. Like, wow. They took some liberties with these characters. You know, they're like, why not? We're going to, let's do it. So the one was trans, right? I was going to say, yep. You could assume. Well, and I think, did she get like a line, like, who are you calling Mr. or something like that? There was a line hinting that the character didn't identify as male. I think you might be right, but I didn't write it down. Which is almost insane to think of that sort of representation going on. Man, this film is 35 years old. In a way where, yes, they're the weird characters, but still. They're also the coolest characters in the movie. Like, these aren't heroes to root for. They're just heroes that exist. You don't have any <laughs> other than, like, hoping Homeboy manages to get laid again. Like, you don't have any investment really in them because no. they're just goody two-shoes cookie cutouts. This almost, to me, at times it felt like just a big PSA. Dude, so, right. So. Film. I didn't think that we were going to watch Class of Newcomb High and it was going to be a fucking morality play. Premarital sex is bad. Smoking weed is bad. Right. The Pratt Punk Falls, is bad. That's it. The Pratt Falls of dropping out of honor society and things of that. Yeah. This movie is built to reinforce all of like the core values. That's what I'm saying. This Anyone that falls outside it falls danger to... Super sly in that approach. Out of trauma? Good on them. They gave us a morality play? I know. It's pretty solid. Also, I danced around it in our description. This is barely a horror movie. It's just you can't not call it a horror movie with things that happen like, holy what the fuck, Dewey's dissolving. Dude, that was sick. That was sick. 
I want to break Everything it down. Everything up to man. that point is total cheese. It certainly is. It's played up for that cheese factor. Even the stunt guy jumping out the window, you can definitely tell it's not the. He's not Dewey. <laughs> <laughs> but once it does cut and you see him on the pavement, holy shit. What the fuck, dude? Dude, we watch movies with multi-million dollar budgets made just like within the last few years that don't have that gnarly of fucking effects. That was awesome. That was really good. I'm not even joking like that. By today's standards, that's good. Yeah. Much less. What did you say? 86? 86. So it, I think it was filmed like an 85-ish, but regardless. $400,000 budget? Dude, come on. Troma? Come on. They were killing Kaufman? it. Yeah, man. I will say that it's not the point of the movie, but there is a part of me that wishes that we could have seen, even though they all say even it was instant, the transformation from Honor Society to Creed. Yeah, it would have been nice to see that. it's not instant. You didn't turn around and Gonzo was suddenly at his face painted and shit. Like, No, I don't believe that. It, it took some time. But I think that was the sort of hand wavy, like, we didn't show this because it kind of just happened. Yeah, they just gloss over it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all right. But it would have been nice to see that. Even if it were just like a quick scene, you know, but they, whatever. It's not a big deal. Whatever. Yeah. Ultimately, that's not what the movie's about, even though that's kind of what the movie's about. The movie's kind of about how the nuclear waste is affecting people. Precisely. This is not the first <laughs> film. I mean, we already mentioned Toxic Avengers several times. That predated Nuclear waste film. is bad? Right. The well, poster that's kind of trauma's thing. Exactly. It's founded upon all that stuff. So there's a few things of note I want to bring up really quick. Mr. Paley attributes Dewey's death because he had two microwaves in the house. Yeah. So that was a contributing that factor. Was good. I liked like that. All right. So although uh, I will say I groaned real hard in the opening when he also mentioned the PTA would be on his ass. I was like, I kinda thought that joke was coming and I was really hoping it wasn't going to, because it's dumb <laughs> oh yeah, yeah all right so we've already kind of alluded to the fact that eddie he's kind of like the guy who wants to get warren and chrissy involved in the frat party and he's the one who hooks them up with the joint later on and all that stuff oh right right. so he goes down in the fallout shelter with that little blonde judy and they're making out and then sludge oozes onto her and she flips out what the fuck did she think he came on her already all you have to do is look down at your hand you got that sludge on you bitch that's kind of what I was thinking. Were they alluding to the fact that he, like, pre-nutted? Just already just, like, splooged on her? That's the only thing I can think of for her reaction. And even then, her reaction's a bit over the top. I agree. But nothing I mean, really came of it either because no. it didn't affect her. No. Well, and, like, they all took hits off the joint at the party, right? Like, they were passing that oh, shit around. Oh, what's her face that Kathy did? She was kind of the aggressive brunette. Right. Yeah, she took a hit and her eyes crossed, but that was about it. But yeah, her. but none of them had the same thing that happened. No, to Chrissy and Warren. Yeah. For some reason, I was going to call him Wyatt. But. <laughs> it wouldn't have made a difference. We all know who he is. All right, so you've already mentioned, too, like how the Cretans were part of the Honor Society. They also go to the plant to score the, the weed from one of the workers. And that's where you learn that the weed's being grown on the nuclear plant's property. But the toxic waste is spilling onto the weed. Mm -hmm. All right. There's a bikini party I've already mentioned that Eddie brings up. He wants the girls to, you know, wear their best. And then I wrote down, I don't know if you caught this or not, but the real band, the Smithereens, are playing at the frat party, right? And the guitarist, 
looks awfully familiar to an actor we've talked about before. So I wrote down, why is Mark Duplass playing the guitar <laughs> at the frat party? Because <laughs> that dude looked just like him. That's fucking funny. I did not catch that. Yeah, before I that I kind of dug that song, though. No, it was pretty sweet. It was not bad. kind of dug that song. Uh, I did write down what Pete, the dude who winds up selling Eddie the Joint in the hallway, what he says, like his pitch. It was kind of like a, a Jay and Silent Bob pitch. Right. He says, loose joints, the best joints in town. They get you up, 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 and never get you down. <laughs> so I was like, that's pretty good, man. 86. $10 a J? Dude, that's nuts. I was paying 20 a G in New York, and I stopped doing that because we got it somewhere else. But that's neither here nor there. But yeah, 10 for a joint in 86, dude. They were like, how many? And they're like, this one. It was a good size J. Yeah, not bad. It I, was a weird, it looked kind of like a pepper, a dried pepper, it looked like to me. I'm not sure of that paper that it was wrapped in either it was even paper you want to be smoking. It looked kind of like wax paper, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, it did not look like a J I necessarily want to hit. That being said, if somebody tells you that the weed they got is so fire, it's going to give you an atomic high, you're probably trying that J, right? You know, I would <laughs> like say... if it's being passed around at a party... I want to say this. $5 out of that 10 for that joint is an advertisement in <laughs> PR. <laughs> you know, because that's what the guy pretty much alludes to. He's like, we'll just name it atomic high and sell it to the kids. Mm -hmm. And it works. I mean, they strong arm people, but it works. Yeah, because shit, even with inflation and the non-rising of our fucking wages for years and years and shit. 86 like, to now, that's 35 years. Yeah, because like most of these places we hit up, we're paying like 30 for like five. Yeah, and those are yeah, Graham yeah. J's. Exactly. That thing looked like it. And most of these places honestly pack them a little fat. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Which we need no complaints, but you know, whatever. But that was not a, a Graham joint. <laughs> No, nah. like, like maybe a three half. quarter, maybe. Yeah, it's like yeah, maybe. And You're that's right. I'm only giving it some because of the weird shape, and I, it's hard to tell. <laughs> but even at that, dude, that's like, come on, man. And then later on, they sell it to this dude for twenty. Shit. Well, they strong arm it from a dude for twenty. <laughs> I mean, they do, they do. But regardless, like it went up quick. There's some fucking aggressive dealers, bro. <laughs> the one gal I meant to bring her up, but Theo Cohen. Why my weed? Buy it. <laughs> yeah, you know, the the gal who plays Muffy, she's something else, man. In this film, she kind of steals it a little bit in her scenes, just because of how like she plays into her character. You know, kissing on dudes, but she's setting them up. Even that dude in the hallway, we're we're kind of talking about where she's like necking on him, she's grabbing his cock and stuff, but then she puts him in that move where mm -hmm. she squeezes her legs and then drives him into the wall and then stomps his balls out. <laughs> like, damn, she's aggressive, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah but. I mean, I like all those interactions they have. They're over the top, but they're not bad. Right. So the party happens. Mm -hmm. They do manage to get the squares to hit the J. They go off and fuck. Yeah, your girl gets worked up. Good. And I wasn't mad. No. <laughs> like, she's cutie pie. Don't get me wrong. But I was like, oh, damn. I definitely didn't see this on USA. So the fallout from all that, though, is when it sort of started to dawn on me. And I was just like... This is motherfucking Troma's Reefer Madness. It really is, because almost immediately after they have their sex scene, he drops her off, you know, and it does kind of like the stereotypical good boyfriend, good girlfriend thing where they have a picture of each other and then the headshots of each other and they kiss, the, mm -hmm. you know, and I was like, God damn. But 
what happens is a wild fucking nightmare sequence, which I liked. For I think maybe Warren had it a little bit better than hers, but yeah, the message was still the same regardless. Look, I haven't said this since The Shape of Water, but I want to see the monster boner, dude. <laughs> he didn't look like he was mad, did it? No. Uh, not until he started growing man boobs. Nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as he was like, shit, my name is not Robert Paulson. He's like, damn, <laughs> hell yeah. Mutant cock. <laughs> he was almost as hung as Liam Neeson. Almost. I don't think he pisses himself like Liam Neeson. <laughs> but yeah, that was wild. I did not remember that from growing up watching that. Hers was fucked up, though. Yeah, she had the worst. I think as far as the experience, the worst out of the two. Yeah. Yeah, and that was kind of gnar, the fucking... Little tail or whatever the fuck that thing was. At first I thought it was like a spider leg, but when we see the creature later, I have to assume it's like the tail. Granted, yeah, that makes sense. But it wasn't bad. I liked when they both kind of like snapped out of their dream, and he's kind of like looking down, he's like, ah. Oh, good. (laughs) My dick's not fucked up. Anywho, that wasn't bad. Shit, he probably had a wet dream. He was looking down, and he's like, fuck. Good. All I have to do is clean up. That's when I wrote down the next little bit of sequence is back at the school where the kids are going into the German class. Spike makes out with a German. I, don't, I wish I knew German. I know, right? Uh, I was really curious what he said. Yeah, me too. And, and usually and I can pick up a little bit here and there. That's kind of how I'm with certain languages. You can hear a couple of words here and there, maybe pick out some stuff. I was like, I don't know enough to put when this I used together. To, especially because like, I was in a lot, a lot of years of choir, which meant... Over the course of all those years, like we did a number of German songs. Like I've had to sing in German. Like I've had <laughs> yeah. to look up these lyrics and shit. I catch words every here and there. I couldn't catch shit. <laughs> yeah, don't feel bad. I, I didn't either. So for those who do speak German and happen to watch this film, let us know what the hell he said because I'm intrigued. But the result of that, it makes her turn into one of the Cretans because, you know, she paints herself up in the bathroom and all that stuff. That's right. She's not a bad looking teacher. So can't blame Spike there. Which, that was the chick we mentioned earlier. That's his wife, or it was for a bit. So, makes sense. Did you say his wife or Pete's wife? No, it's his wife. Oh, Spike's okay. wife, yeah. Because he's the one who makes out with her. That's right. Okay. Yeah, so this is where I put uh, Spike and Pete. They pull that scam on the old lady. <laughs> the Alka-Seltzer gag. I'm not going to lie. I fucking that laughed when he fucking top. punched her. That is just like, bah! <laughs> Because he's like, he, my friend, we don't have time. He's like, get the fucking purse. <laughs> yeah, and he does, you know. And it's fucked up. Like, can I, he gets her a couple times. He gets her a couple good times, yeah. you know, a little ground and pound. <laughs> and then Pete goes around the corner with Beethoven, who's waiting on him. Oh, right, right. Yeah, and then Warren shows up in the alley. He's all kind of toxied out, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Which, well, that wasn't bad. It was kind of goofy, but his makeup and shit looked good. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of those weird things that they never revisit, though. It's never clear if he'll never Hulk out again. That's if a good he'll point. ever face any repercussions for killing a couple people. Yeah, I know. It's wild. Man, especially what he does to Pete, like, subs his... That was fucking gnarly. Him yeah. shoving his hand down his throat and stuff. Because some of that, I'm wondering, like, some of that looked real. Like, uh... But I'm, I don't know how, how much of it was illusionary, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just edit cuts and stuff like that. But regardless, it looked good. So he fucks him up. He fucks up Beethoven. Spike just gets launched, passes out. And then when he tells the tale back to the Cretans, they get all pissed at him. From behind, look like 
Warren Brand. Yeah, I was like, yeah, we got to get him. What are we going to do? And they're like, that, because they were at the, it looks like maybe the salvage yard, crushing oh, cars yeah, and yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I have an idea to deal with all of them. This. You know, too, that's when Chrissy's, she's in the uh, gym. You oh, have yeah. the most Bubby-ish of Once again, characters. I thought they were going to go the even crasser route and have a butt baby. That would have been awesome. That would have been fucking gnarly. I didn't think they were going to have a mouth baby. Yeah, they went the South Park route. Yeah. Yeah, but she does. She goes, what they refer to after she goes to the hospital, because that's what happens. And they said that she had a miscarriage. She was pregnant for nine months. She's like, like, bullshit. Yeah, what? No. You know, Warren shows up. He gets, but there was something, I don't know. I'm sure you caught it because it's not too hidden. It's the background shit that's happening with those doctors and nurses or whatever those guys are, maybe orderlies, where one of the guys gets splashed with piss. Oh, shit. I don't know if I caught it. Yeah. So in the hallway, the doctor is talking to Chrissy's mom, like explaining what we've already mentioned. She was pregnant, had a miscarriage. But in the background, I saw it. There's a dude who's holding a cup that looks like piss. Yeah. And someone bumps into him and he splashes it on one of the doctors and then they, there's a couple of guys that keep doing like gags in the background where they'll bump into each other or slip up in the hallway. Oh, shit. I was like, this is fucking funny. See, I was kind of zoning out during that moment, to be honest, because I was like, I don't give a fuck about it. I think that's maybe doctor. like the intention is you're supposed to be paying attention to the conversation. But if you look in the background, there's some goofy shit happening. That's fucking great. But that's the intent. I will say that my favorite running gag in this movie is just the guys fucking measuring everything with their Geiger counter. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah, that, was, that was silly. Because uh, at first it seems legit, and then it just keeps going, and they keep not like telling their results or anything to anybody. They're just fucking scanning everything. That's all they're doing. <laughs> uh, it was just silly. But in the course of these sequences, you also get the student who goes in the bathroom. She sees the creature, whatever, the slug or whatever. Mm-hmm. She flushes it, and it goes to that sequence where it's going through the pipes and it goes to like a sink where these two women are working. And you have right. this weird little silly shit that happens there. But it winds up in the basement, the fallout shelter of the school, and dumps into like the toxic dumps. barrel. Yeah, whatever. So that's kind of setting up something later on. And then you get the Chekhov's gun in the film with the laser. That's when Eddie and Warren go into the science lab. And that sequence happens. So you know that's going to happen. That's when I also put Warren goes on that anti-pot crusade because the kid in the bathroom is getting... Kind of accosted. All right, so not just uh, $20 for this joint now, but like a J isn't going to like realistically survive very well being stored in a fucking cod piece, right? Oh, man. Come on. Even if you're looking to strong arm your way into selling this, like, come on, man. (laughs) Don't make me fucking smoke your goddamn ball sweat weed. Oh, dude, come on. It's already got toxic sludge on it. That high better be atomic as fuck. <laughs> fucking go to smoke a J and you have to pull a fucking pube out. Oh, <laughs> man. Yeah, like Gonzo's or, Sp- or any of them. Shitler's. <laughs> Shitler's pubes. <laughs> Ugh. No thanks. I'll pass. <laughs> From when Shitler gave herself a landing strip? Oh. Uh, <laughs> to match? <the> Brazilian ones? <laughs> Ugh. Up top and down below. <laughs> yeah, one yeah. line. Curtains in the drapes. But the result of it, like I said, is, is Warren winds up going in the bathroom. He fights Spike Gonzo. He rips Gonzo's fucking nose ring off. 
It should have been a lot gorier, maybe, or bloodier, but... And I was kind of surprised they didn't go bloodier, at least. Yeah, I mean, he's not a even, bit, but not there's really. a little bit of blood, but they don't really put much on him until he's finally getting out of there. Right, you're absolutely right. And he gets Muffy good, too. He punches her in the face. I'm like, damn. <laughs> but then Spike dumps on him, and then they try to give... Well, they do give him a swirly, and then the teacher steps in and takes him to the principal's office, and that's when the principal calls them all in and expels them all. And then they go into the national anthem. Uh, dude, I fucking love the Cretans singing the national anthem. It's over the is, top. When you said this showed at fucking Cannes, I was like, it's because of that scene. That's fucking weirdly like, it's already as fuck in a way that I can't quite explain right. But having those characters do that in response to all of that was, that was punk energy. That was, that was very punk. They might be Quincy punks in every other aspect. That was some good punk energy. Wow, that was good on them, man. So yeah, after they get expelled, I put that, that's when the inspector, one of the nuclear guy goes down in the fallout shelter and does his little shit. I love how they have obviously given up on their prospective futures thanks to... (laughs) By the way, it's heavily implied that they're the way they are because they've also been smoking the weed that they've been selling, which is the mutant weed. And I don't know why they haven't dissolved like poor Dewey. But, That's a solid point. You know, But we don't need I to don't... know. But they've obviously given up on their prospective futures. <laughs> and yet the thing that sets them off is being expelled. <laughs> like, dude, you don't have to go to fucking school anymore. Like right. you're just you're having fun sitting around selling weed anyway. I was going to say, that's maybe the only reason they're going to school is just because they have access to the students there they can sell their drugs to. Oh, stuff. shit. One of them does say that, doesn't they? Mm-hmm. Except it's, even, it's Gonzo. He does. He implies that. But he doesn't just... He's like, we have no more fucking prepubescent act. They kind of set it up in a funny way when... I can't remember if it's... Remember the character's name. He's the one who kind of looks more like the chicken makeup, if that makes sense. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He's the one who orders Gonzo to go sell, and mm. Muffy gets mad at him, and he's like, I can't help it, baby. He says something like he's a yuppie. That's what he did he's got the fall business. in love with the yuppie. Yeah, he's got the business mentality. It's just business, babe. It's just it's funny. Everything. I love how she's blaming him, even though she was there for the conversation where his boss is making him do it. Hello, yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of maybe the silly shit about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still high school drama. It's so fucking good. <laughs> you know? Silly shit, but it's funny, man. It's clever. All right. There's something I want to bring up here in just a moment. About to get to it. So going into this, this is like the last act, is Paley, he's ordering the cover-up. He's wanting the guys to go in and say that it's something else. You know, kind of um, get it to where the school's still open. You know, they can Mm -hmm. clean it up at night, whatever. That's the whole point. I put, now this is where the Cretans are putting their plot to exact revenge on Warren because they're like, oh, yeah, Warren's the one who got us expelled. He's like, yeah, and we're going to go get the school, too. Here's why I thought this was funny. This is fucking, it's silly, but it's still clever the way it's written, is that the Cretans are kind of sneaking into the school, and they're kind of getting a little rowdy. (laughs) Fucking Spike, he shoots his gun off in the air a couple times. He tells him, he's like, shut up! He says, what are y'all trying to do? Attract attention? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, this motherfucker. (laughs) Shooting off rounds. I tell them to shut up. That's kind of the point, too. It's silly. I remember fucking, is it Paley yelling to fucking hang them up by their toes? Who is it? 
I can't remember, one of the, or is it the fuck, I can't remember which, it wouldn't have been Paley. I can't remember, it's the, the fucking uh, principals yelling at one oh, point. Wesley. Hang, yeah. Yeah. Wesley's at one point yelling to hang them up by the tongue. I don't care if they are kids. Yep. And I'm thinking, he's saying that eight minutes after they have actually killed somebody. Right. Oh my God. There's a couple of things in this third act that are like, wow. I'm like, dude. Like, yeah, nobody's going to argue with you. They have killed the secretary at this point. Like, they are going to be under criminal investigation once all this is over. Without you don't have doubt. to worry about, like, the principal or, you know. Whomever, yeah. Like, we know what's going on with these kids now at this point. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. That's a pretty wild scene. All right. But this is where Muffy abducts Chrissy and takes her down to the fallout shelter where Taru is. Taru. No, that, apparently that actress... She was supposed to have a bigger part, but the actress who plays Muffy was kind of written more lines. So she, that's why she had a bigger okay. part in this film. And that's why you only see Taru in this last little third or whatever it is of the act. Yeah, so she broke her foot. And so that's why she was kind of written down. She was supposed to have a oh, much okay. larger part, which is that's why it maybe feels a little odd that she's in that third act the way it is. All right, anyway. I wonder if she was supposed to be Schittler. Maybe. Maybe. That's a good point. All right. You've already mentioned it. That's where they go into the principal's office. They kind of abduct them. They're wanting to get the evacuation, like emergency alerts and all that stuff. They want to get access to it. So they fuck them up. And then the secretary, she gets blown away. I was like, holy fuck, you cannot show that right now, ever. <laughs> like, that's not going to fly today. Nah, not, not in film. Columbine. That's what I'm saying. Post all Columbine. these school shootings and what have you, that ain't going to fly. They do sound the alarms, and that's when Warren, you know, he has to go back in the school. They send him a message because Spike winds up cutting her hand. Yeah, you know, snacks her necklace, whatever. Sends it to Warren as a message. And then this is where the creature comes out. I mean, that's how it kind of plays out. Mm -hmm. You know, they get Warren back in the fallout shelter. Spike is threatening to, you know, have Chrissy's nipples chopped off by Taru with a saw. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, and then the monster comes out and smashes his fucking hand right through Taru's head. I'm like, wow, that was fucking gnarly. Biggest sin of this fucking movie. You have that monster that looks that fucking good. It looked really good, dude. And it's in 12 minutes. I know. They had an ample opportunity to use it for maybe a third half of the film if they wanted to. Maybe more if you tell I mean, the story really, a little bit different. Right, Because it agree. looks fantastic the shit that they did with it is amazing the punch through the head was so fucking good dude and i was like damn this movie in terms of the effects it's doing a lot better than it should be right. in the time period that, so the way they framed it makes me think that they had a hard time making its movement look good mm -hmm. i can see that maybe that being said what we see of like its face and yeah. some of its other features Dude, that shit's on par with what, like, Stan Winston did in some of the flicks that we've seen. That's, I agree, man. There's some really good shit going on in this film. The creature is one of the watermarks of the film. It's really good. It's, wow. Creature is alone is four times better than this film. Yeah. That felt like maybe that's what Chud's should have been. Yeah. Because it felt a little Chuddish to me. And it was a weird creature, like, it kind of looks humanoid at first, but then you realize, like, 
the fucking porcupine quills and it still has that tentacle that it's using to like pull people into it rather than like yeah it even has like maybe a, um a little point at the end of its tail mm-hmm. or whatever kind of like a scorpion or something yeah it was fucking it was weird because it comes into play later on it, it yeah. snags gonzo Ooh, oh it uh, also gets humble in the cock yeah so it, yeah it comes in hand dude the biggest sin of this fucking movie is only using that creature for 12 minutes you're right man all right, there's a really quick scene. If you miss it, I mean, it's if you're really paying attention, it's not, you know. But I wrote down, I was like, all right, let me ask you this. When were you first aware of inline skates? Of inline skates? Inline. I mean, you know, I don't remember suddenly them being a concept to me because I'm a little bit younger. Right. Like, I think I was first aware of them in the early 90s, right? I think I learned, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember for sure, I guess. I was going to say probably like for me, no no jokes, probably like 93, 92, 93. I mean, well, that's mm-hmm. probably around when Mighty Ducks came out too. But man, they make an appearance in this film. I think I missed that. There's a dude who, there's a hallway sequence when the kids are evacuating. And one of the guys is skating in the fucking hallway in inline skates. I'm oh, like, shit. what the fuck? That's awesome. <laughs> that kind of blew my mind. I was like, what the hell? I did not know they were around in 85, 86. That's fucking dope. But there they are in that hallway sequence, yeah. The Cretans trashing the school was actually a lot of fun. It was, yeah. And I'm like, it's kind of everything you always wanted to do to a fucking high school. Did you see what Gonzo was wearing as his codpiece? There's a scene where... I'm trying to think I mean, I was. saw that he was wearing something as a codpiece, but I didn't black, see what it was. It looked like a funnel, but he was wearing it as like a codpiece. And there's a scene where... Spike and Muffy are kind of like making out, whatever. Because she's like, I want a real man. I think it was in the bathroom where they were fucking with that nerdy kid. Mm-hmm. And he starts to like jerk it off while they're doing like kissing. I was like, this guy is fucking over the top, man. But there's Dude, a Gonzo's scene. Gonzo's my favorite. Gonzo's the He's best. awesome, man. There's a scene in that school sequence where they're riding their bikes finally in there, which that, I was like, man, I think they all know how to ride because it didn't look like some people. Mm. So that was pretty awesome. But you can see a shadow of him kind of like humping the air with that cockpit. That was pretty fucking good. <laughs> yeah, so there's, you know, a little shit like that. But it all looked good, man. Played out pretty well. Let's see. We already brought up, like, mutant starts to attack and... All the Cretans A number of the Cretans it. get picked off. Other ones don't get picked off. We don't see... The, there's a number of the Cretans we just don't see anymore from this part of the movie on. Right. I'm and to... you can kind of assume that they got blown up in the end, too. Right. That would make sense, given what happens. So you're right. The Cretans start getting picked off one by one by the creature in the hallways, and Chrissy and Warren are making their escape. Mm-hmm. And there comes a point where they're hiding out back in that science lab. That's where the laser and the Chekhov's gun and all that stuff comes back to play. But who's in there with them happens to be Spike. And Warren's shaking like a goddamn leaf. All he had to do was grab that fucking acid. That's all. But, you know, it's a film. It's played up. You know he's going to drop the fucking beaker and all that stuff. And Spike turns around and he's like, he's got him dead to rights at that point. He even tells him, he's like, look, I don't care if I make it out. That's not the question. He's like, you guys are going to die. Which obviously untrue the way he's screaming like a bitch in about 30 more seconds. Oh, dude. It's kind of played up a bit. It's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. You know, the way it's, he's getting dragged off and shit. But he gets it pretty good. I thought it was a clever use of using those quills or whatever the hell they were. Yeah. And his face because his name's Spike. Mm-hmm. So he got some spikes. Oh, I didn't put that together. I'm a dum-dum. No, I just I thought it was like, all right, that's kind of silly, but it's clever. I thought it was cool just to see the variety, but it was kind of a letdown after the uh, head punch. Yeah. What did you think of 
once Chrissy got snagged and she's getting, you know, sucked into the creature or whatever. And then Warren, you know, he uses the laser, but then it goes into like that chromatic negative right kind of sequence. It's like, man, that's trippy as fuck. Because they use that in the dream sequence. Yeah. But then they also use that as kind of like the end sequence you would assume for the creature in the school. Because as Chrissy and Warren are making their way out, Mr. Paley is coming in and they're telling him, like, you know, get the fuck out. The creature's in there. He's not listening. And then there's the explosion. And it seems like everybody in Tromaville is out there (laughs) looking at the shit. Right. Uh, Which is kind of silly. Everybody in Tromaville is instantly there whenever anything happens. Did you notice how many people were in blue? No, but did you notice how many people were instantly there even earlier in the movie when Dewey threw himself out the window? Yeah, there was a lot of people. (laughs) I read that that's the only time, I think his name is Michael Hertz. He's one of the producers. It's the only time he's ever made an appearance on film. Oh. Yeah, it's in that sequence. It's like real quick. Just one of those quick people. Yeah. It's fucking funny. So I thought that was kind of neat. But you're right. There's always people around, man. They're They're ready to witness. I mean, it's toxic capital of the world. (laughs) All right, so this is what I did. School explodes. Mr. Pelly dies. There's an announcement that the school is getting remodeled. Everybody rejoices. And it appears that that's maybe the end, but, you know, everything's getting bulldozed, getting cleared, and then the little slug reappears, all that good stuff. Now, there's something I caught. Okay. There's something I caught. I'll show you, too, because I snagged, I think, a picture. But I know where it's at in the film. There's a sequence where that guy who got attacked by Dewey in the classroom, like the kind of quaffy hair yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. He and I think that blonde-haired girl, Judy, they're kind of together with Chrissy and Warren and Eddie and everybody else in the parking lot, you know, mm-hmm. after the school explodes. And if you pay attention, look where her hand's doing. Her hand's behind her back, and it looks like she might be jerking them. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I'm like, there's some liberties they took with each other in this film. Like, That's fucking funny. When Chrissy, that actress, gets abducted, like, they're all, like, kissing on her, and... Oh, yeah. Even Taru, like, her, it looks like she might... I mean, I know it's off camera, but it looks like she's finger-blasting her. <laughs> like, damn, they're kind of taking some liberties here. I mean, it's the time period, you know? I'm not making excuses, but that's what it was. But overall, overall, I'm glad we tackle it. It's kind of an interesting one, being a 420 episode, because of the use of the nuclear atomic high weed in this film. Even though it's not like a main focus, it's still a part of it. Yeah, it's weird. More kind of like a subplot of the film, too. Yeah, it's a subplot for sure. It just doesn't add up well, right. which is fine. It is what it is. I mean, it, it served a purpose for a couple of characters, and that was kind of the point. It fits in with their anti-stance on certain things that we've already brought up. Like, I, I'm still blown away that it turns out that this movie was a fucking morality play. That really... I think might have been the the caper on this one. It was like I wasn't expecting that, but it, I mean, it's playing into now the eighties like too. Degenerate, like thanks trauma. No, I thought it was maybe another commentary for the time period. Think of like the Reagan era with the mm. anti drugs mm. and all that shit. So they're putting some of that in this film, and then the nuclear race for arms, nuclear right. waste. You know, so there's some parallels to what's happening in the real world. They're just satirizing it, of course, over the top satirizing, but. Still good, man. Like, if you're familiar with Toxic Avenger, it fits right in. And like I said, I think for me, after watching a, a bunch of films that we've done, this might be a good companion piece for, like, a chud or something yeah. of that nature. You know, it fits into that 80s mm-hmm. New York old school. Even the opening, you see the Twin Towers. I mean, this is 
Just because of the grimy New York area feel and some of the way the effects are done, I'd say this is also a good companion piece for like Basket Case. I absolutely agreed. I know we've brought it up in the credits, but Street Trash kind of fits that bill too. Mm -hmm. So it does fit into that 80s kind of sleazy New York, old New York feel. But if you've already been sitting around playing a bunch of Leisure Suit Larry. Yeah, dude. Watch all of the Troma catalog because it's going to be right up your alley. Oh, dude, you're going to love it. Uh, another thing I want to bring up really quick is the score. I thought was really well done. It's synthy. It has some really good beats to it, you know? It doesn't really, like, it's not like a highlight of the film, but still pretty good. I thought the score was fine, but the highlight of the music of this film was still that song at the party for me. Oh, that was good. Yeah. That was good. I thought it was funny that they kept playing that. Not always, but there was a couple moments where we're playing that Nukem High song. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, damn, that's kind of good. Uh, that reminded me of... The Nukem High song reminded me of fucking Killer Clowns. Yeah, that's right. It really did. I think because of the time period, we're going to find that, like, little uses of Sif like that in these films. But that's what kind of gives it that charm, too. But unfortunately for me and my headspace all day is it reminded me enough of Killer Clowns and Killer Clowns is the better song that all day long oh, I've had the fucking din, 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 Dude, boo, you know din, Halloween din, season in the store we hear it yeah. which I'm not mad at either no because there's din, far din, worse din, songs din, din, boom, 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 yeah boom. dude I like it I found out something else about I'll tell you off air but there's another person who makes an appearance that's not uh, we brought him up before but uh, Titus Christopher Titus there's another person who actually is like pretty popular who went uncredited in that movie I know where it's way off topic but no shit. I'll, t- I'll tell you who it is after this but there was a couple guys I talked about earlier I already brought them up but I did want to mention a couple of their credits as the special effects guys because I did want to bring them up really quick all right I brought up Scott Coulter he's one of the special makeup effects guys on this some of the things that he did are really fucking cool man he did the garbage Pell kids movie Way back in the day, that movie's fucking... It'll give you nightmare fuel as a kid. Uh, he helped on... Yeah, that movie's fucking... It's gross. Oh, it's gross as shit, dude. He helped on Cellar Dweller, A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, The Dream Master, Pet Cemetery, the OG one. Uh, Friday the 13th Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, Pet Cemetery 2, The Crow, Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight, Hellraiser Bloodline. That's just Scott Coulter. I know we've talked about George Giordano. He helped on Ghostbusters. He did the Slime Supply. He oh. also helped with the video game as well. Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, uh, no. Talks Avenger Part 2 and 3. Gremlins Part 2. Terror Firmer. He was the one I mentioned that helped on Death House because he helped with the special effects props. And Tom Watton, he helped with the makeup on this. He worked on Toxic Avenger. Tales from the Dark Side, he helped with the Devil's Advocate episode. Critters 2. And uh, Dirty Sanchez, the movie. So I wanted to bring those guys up because we've already mentioned the effects are fucking good in this film. Yeah, they are. Like, like really good. Like, probably too good for trauma. Yes. <laughs> to be fair. But good on them for finding these guys and giving them work, too, to showcase their talent. Right? Yeah, no shit. The fucking... Wow. Killed it. Killed it. Yeah. So I've... Heard a couple of people, there's not many people who have reviewed this proper, but the few reviews I've heard, and it kind of makes sense too. It's like, this is a kind of a fun, just kind of a background film too. Like invite some people over, Yeah, you know. If nothing else, it's interesting to look at the screen just, whenever the Cretans are on screen. Right. And it's one of those experience movies you've already brought up too. Like 
if for nothing else, just to, to experience a trauma film we've never had before. That's about all I have. Yeah, I'm glad we chose this. This is a. It's not necessarily like heavily leaning on the 420 aspect of you know what we like to do, but it's still not a that bad one though. I mean, I got high to it several times. So. Yeah, and hey, it's in there. It is. It's a part of it. No, it certainly is. A much bigger part of it than it is in a lot of other movies. Ooh, how does this rank amongst our 420 movies? Ooh. What have I we all done? I still would watch this maybe over uh, 420 Massacre. Same. Let's see, what else did we do? We did, last year it was actually pretty fun. Oh, last year was Evil Bong? Yeah, it wasn't bad. That was kind of... No, ooh, that's... No, a... no, that was like two years ago, oh, wasn't it? shit, what did we do last year? Hans on Gretel Get Baked? Or did we do them both last year? I think we did. I think we did. I think we did them back to back. Oh, yeah, because we recorded one that came out on 420, and then 420 was also (laughs) a recording day. Yeah, we're stoners, dude. I still think probably the best one we're going to ever do, well, as of right now, we'll put it this way, that we have done is Idle Hands. Yeah. I love that movie. (laughs) Okay, Idle Hands. This is kind of a toss-up between this and... um, Evil Bong, though. Yeah, I would. I think I'd probably watch this over Evil Bong, to be honest. Too. Yeah. Hansel Greta wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. It had its moments. I don't know if I really have any desire to watch it again, though. Not necessarily. Like, maybe for like a first time watch for somebody an, else. Yeah, this at least is an interesting watch anytime yeah. because of what's going on. Oh, yeah. It's like, if you don't necessarily want to watch Toxic Avenger, this might be a good like substitute for it. Yeah. I mean,. Is Toxie considered horror enough for us to cover Somewhat, one of these days? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a toxic Crusader, man. That's right. The New Jersey superhero. Right. What happens to him is horrific in That's nature. True. That's true. Uh, I just want an excuse to get back to trauma one of these days. Basically. Oh, no, there's going to be plenty of excuses. There's a lot of shit mm-hmm. in their catalog that fits right into the horror genre. But we need to figure out what we're doing next time. Yeah, we've mentioned we're back in these waters, but it, it is fun. Part of the process. So we're going to do that. Probably hit some more weed. Oh, that's uh, right. Definitely. For this time, I'm Tyler. I'm Danny. Fried squirms. Oot. Hi, everybody. Tyler here. If you like the podcast, please hit subscribe however you're listening to us right now. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us, or preferably over on Apple Podcasts, that'd be super cool as the entire world is ran on algorithms and we want to be all up in them. Uh, We highly appreciate it whenever you tell all your friends about us. If you have any suggestions, comments, questions, want us to put eyes on your current independent horror project, you can always contact us, squirmcast at gmail.com, or you can contact us through our website, www.friedsquirms.com. Scroll through our entire back catalog there, or click the links up at the top, as we are part of the Earverm Podcast Network, uh, and would love it if you went and checked out some of our sister shows. Uh, The easiest way to keep track of things across the entire network is to go over to that website. That's earverm.com, E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. You can search for us across all the social medias. If you type in Fried Squirms, we should be what pops up. Not going to give you all those ats. So, with all of that in mind, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, peace.